Today on episode number 491 of the School of Podcasting's Morning Announcements, we have a really cool Because of My Podcast story, and I'm going to dissect a podcast that gets more audience participation than any podcast I've ever heard. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm so glad you are here. Here's what's going on. We talk about all things podcasting. I help you face your fears. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology, and I help you flatten the learning curve and get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER and save when you sign up. And one of the things I always like to start off the show with is someone answering the question, because of my podcast, blank. So if you can answer that, I would love to hear from you. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And today we have the one and only Mike Dell from podcasthelpdesk.com. Take it away, Mike. Hello, Dave. This is Mike Dell from podcasthelpdesk.com, among other places. And because of my podcast, I get to be on the radio once in a while. And it's kind of cool. I've always considered myself kind of a advanced hobbyist podcaster. I've never really been in it for the money because I've got other things going. And I do make my living partially from the podcast industry, you know, with my work through Blueberry, which is also another result of my podcast. But we're talking about the radio. Uh, because of my podcast, I, I got a opportunity to have a folk in bluegrass show on a local community radio station not to be confused with public radio this is a community radio station uh, based at a college but it's not officially part of the college it's its own thing and they play jazz folk bluegrass blues rock you know it's, they have different shows a different part of the days and for three or four years I did a weekly folk and bluegrass show but that's not the latest the latest is I got to fill in for the news guy at a morning rock radio show you know binky and the whiz as you always say binky you're so crazy if you're new to the show go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 400 and uh, you can get introduced to binky and the whiz Back to Mike. And uh, this this particular radio station is WKLT. You know, I filled in at once for uh, Rick Coates, who's the uh, the official news guy, and got called back to fill in again. And now I'm officially part of the team over there. So uh, whenever Rick wants to take a vacation, or uh, or Steve. Uh, otherwise known as Omelette. The show's called Omelette and Friends. So now, I, you know, they'll call me up, uh, you know, the week before and say, hey, uh, how would you like to come in at uh, 4.30 in the morning and uh, read the news three times uh, during the show and uh, interact during the show? And it's, you know, it's one of those, like I said, Binky and the Wiz type uh, morning zoo shows, but it's a lot of fun. And you know, don't discount it as as something 
that you might enjoy. I enjoy it. You know, it's of little value, but as most radio is, you know, it it, it it's better than some of the stuff that's out there. Uh, you know, these guys actually do show prep. Uh, you know, the show doesn't start till uh, 5.30 in the morning in earnest. The first newscast isn't until 6. And you got to be there at 4.30. So that gives you all that time to uh, gather news and, and uh, you know, make it worthwhile. So uh, I, I'm actually proud that uh, I'm on FM radio, even though uh, radio is dying. <laughs> but anyway, that's my... Because of my podcast story. Thank you, Mike. I uh, had the pleasure many moons ago of going to the Tonight Show with Jay Leno with uh, Mike. And uh, one of the nicest guys in uh, podcasting. You can find him over at podcasthelpdesk.com. If you can answer that question, because of my podcast, blank, whatever it is, you know, something that wouldn't have happened except you had a podcast, I would love to hear about it and feature you on the show. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right. One of the things I always tell people to do is reverse engineer whatever it is you enjoy. And what I mean by this is, is I'll give you an example. I've been watching Shark Tank. It's a TV show. I've been watching The Prophet. I believe that's on CSNBC. And I've been watching Sweat Incorporated. That's a Jillian Michaels show. And they're all about startups. It's all about creating a unique product that really fits your audience. Now, why do I like that show? Because it really fits uh, tightly to podcasting. In fact, that might be a future episode about things I've learned by watching TV because who learns anything from TV? But one of the shows that I've been listening to for years is it used to be called Today in iPhone and now it's Today in iOS. And it's uh, the host is Rob Walsh. Now you've heard Rob on the uh, show before. He's the VP of podcast relations over at Libsyn. And Rob is always been an iOS guy. And back in the day, I uh, was an Android person, and Rob used to just poke fun at me. And when I switched to an iPhone, I finally started listening to Rob's show, and it's just a good show. So I was the one day I was in the shower, and, and Rob had made me laugh and things like that. I'm like, you know what? I, I really enjoy listening to this show. And I was like, well, why is that? So part of it, and, and the other thing is about this show, Rob gets just insane amounts of input from his audience. So we're going to talk about how he does that. I actually have a, a conversation that I had with Rob about his show way back in January of this year. We recorded it via Ringer, and Rob had come on the show to talk about Twitter bombing. And I interviewed him about this show because, again, I was really getting into it, and uh, I never used it. So I was thinking about the other day and I heard it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, this is, I, I again, was picking apart his show. And so I looked at it and was like, okay, part of it is I, Rob is just, without trying to be like Shecky, the podcaster, he's actually pretty funny. Here's a quick clip. So I could be naked for 10 days. Or well, my iPad Pro could be naked for 10 days, that is made me think, would I feel more comfortable walking down the street holding my new iPad Pro with a case on it while I'm naked or the other way around? And honestly, the thought of walking with the iPad Pro naked gives me more anxiety. 
but then I played rugby, so I still have some Zulu warrior left in me. The other thing that Rob does is, you know, I say before you press record, you should have something that you think your audience is going to tell their friends about. And Rob does, he's been doing this recently, where he does things with Siri, being that it's a show about the iPhone. And he more or less gets in arguments or just he talks to Siri and it's things that you go, I didn't know I could do that with my phone. And I've multiple times, if I see somebody with an iPhone, say, hey, ask Siri this. So here's a quick clip of it. Sing me a lullaby. You could try counting electric sheep instead. Sing me a lullaby. 99 bottles of warm milk on the wall. 99 bottles of warm milk. How am I doing? Sing me a lullaby. Hush, little Robert, don't say a word. Sing me a lullaby. Rockabye, baby, on a treetop, when the wind blows. Oh no, this one doesn't end well. Sing me a lullaby. I think my singing voice would actually keep you up. Sing me a lullaby. Lullaby, and good night. My guess would be about 30% of you, the minute this episode is over, if you haven't already, have stopped and asked Siri to... You know, tell me a lullaby. In fact, let's just do that now while I'm uh, live. Uh, We'll do this. Here we go. Uh, Sing me a lullaby. Go to sleep. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Siri. (laughs) Anyway, so it's stuff like that. Now, the other thing is, Rob, it's a show about iOS. And Rob will admit that he is a fanboy of iOS. At least I think he would. I would consider him one. But here's the cool thing. Rob is an objective fanboy. He's not going to overlook when Apple kind of drops the ball or if there's something that he wished they would fix. Here's a little example of that. And okay, now I finished the update to 9.0.1 on my Apple TV, and I cannot get back the grid pattern keyboard that was up there in search in the App Store. I'm not hallucinating. I swear it was there. It really was there. After upgrading, I've tried every key combination I possibly could. I've looked through it. If anyone can figure out how to get the grid pattern for the keyboard, now it only was showing, when I looked at it, it was only showing under search for the App Store, or the in the App Store for on the Apple TV. It wasn't showing in the regular main search. It was just the App Store search. For some reason, it was there in 9.0. When I upgraded to 9.0.1, it was gone. And I hadn't seen it before. I don't know if I had done something special, what had happened, or if I really am just hallucinating, but it was there. I I really swear I'm not hallucinating. And one thing I can also confirm now, 9.0.1 does not support Bluetooth keyboards. I tried with a couple different Bluetooth keyboards. It would not recognize any of them. So let's reverse engineer that clip. There are a couple things there. Number one, Rob doesn't come across as a know-it-all. When he doesn't know it, he'll say, all right, I'm going to throw this out to the audience. Um, he gives you information that in some cases you can't get other places. He's done the work for you, and he's saving you time, and he's letting you know, hey, if you're trying to you know, connect this to a Bluetooth, it just doesn't work. I've already tried it. And a lot of times um, he actually, again, very transparent, was said, hey, I said this last week, and it turns out I was wrong. So he's transparent, he's helpful, and he's basically the community leader in this show. And that's the part that I was like, wow, that's really cool that he's so transparent about it. And he's not just a fanboy. So this way, what does that do? I trust his opinion. 
If he tells me something is good, I trust it because I know if it's bad, he will say, this is stupid. I can't tell which way the remote is up or down because both sides look exactly the same. So he's providing great information that's objective, that's helpful, and in many cases will save you time. And people, I've said this before, that you can pay for things in time or money. Let me give you an example of this. I uh, I was at the grocery store and I can buy a dozen of eggs for about 250, I think it was at the grocery store, or I could buy a half dozen eggs for 350 that have been peeled. So the price per egg is like that's ridiculous. That's like, you know, $7 a dozen. Why would I do that when I can buy a dozen for 250? Because they're peeled and hard boiled. And so I was like that's ridiculous. How hard is it to peel an egg? So I boiled eggs. It's about uh, 8 9 minutes. Then uh, I bought this thing called the extractor. You ever heard of this? You, you, it's like this weird thing you push and it, it peels the eggs for you. Well, they tell you to, when you're done with the eggs, put them in a, a bowl of ice water for 10 minutes. So I boiled them for 10. I'm going to chill them for 10 minutes. And then you basically take them and you tap on the, you, you basically put a little hole in the top and then you tap, 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 and you crack the, the shell. Then you throw it through the extractor, which takes another five, 10 minutes. So I've just spent basically a half hour to save two bucks. And I went, you know what? This is a classic example of I thought it was being stupid to pay that much money for eggs when I can do much more things in a half hour than cook eggs. So when you can save people time, that's very, very valuable. And Rob often will save you time with your show. Again, that's good content in my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does Rob get feedback? It's a very simple three-letter word. He asked for it a lot. And the other thing I've noticed as I looked at this closer, he says the phone number. He lucked out that his phone number actually spells something. My number, 888-563-3228. I believe it's like 1-800- I think that's what it spells. Rob spells Moondog. And um, he he provides it a lot. So I actually went through an episode and he will tell you repeatedly, I'm going to the mailbag. Now, what does that do? It just sends the message. If you send me email, I will try to use it on the show. Now, later, I'll play you my interview with him, and he's got a lot of email, but he asked for it a lot. Let me play you kind of this montage of Rob giving people his information. In the meantime, if you did order one as well, please call in with your reviews, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record those reviews and email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. From the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. Folks, if you can help Troy, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. But that's not all that he does. This is a show for people who are fanatic about Apple products. So he gets the, and Apple products are made many times for creative people. So he asked them for ways of being creative. Check this out. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Phil for sending in the music you hear in the background. Phil wrote, Hi, Rob. This song is called Dawn of the Noodle. 
that was created with the GarageBand app on my iPhone and exported directly. No other software or hardware were used. This is not available for sale anywhere, just a hobby thing. Regards, Phil W. Well, thanks, Phil, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Matt for sending in the artwork for today's show. Matt wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Left voicemail recently about our pleasant experience buying new iPhones at the Apple Store in Greensboro, North Carolina. This photo was shot with my old iPhone 5S because I didn't have a case for the new 6S and didn't want to risk dropping it in the parking lot. However, I did massage this photo on the new phone with editing tools from the following apps, Google's Photos, the native iOS photo app, and Instagram. I am so comfortable using the Instagram editing tools that I often touch up a photo within Instagram and then post it, but immediately delete it. This leaves a copy saved on my phone. The text was added with the After Text app. Regards, Mudslide Matt S. from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Well, thanks, Matt, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Matt's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 374 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS. And also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. So he has his audience doing his album artwork, custom artwork per episode, and writing custom music just for him to do the news over. But check this out. He also gives them free stuff. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Brave in the subject line. The other thing you're going to get with Rob's show is a healthy dose of good old-fashioned snarkiness. And one of his segments is How Wrong Were They? And it always makes you laugh, and it actually gives you a great insight to just how much crap is done in the media because these rather well-known names, these big magazines and stuff are, oh, this isn't going to work, it's awful. And then you look back and it's like, he tells you the dates like three years ago. Here's a great example. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, Microsoft will ultimately muscle out Apple as a leader in smartphones and tablets. Apple's insistence on controlling every aspect of both its software and hardware puts it at a disadvantage to a more flexible Microsoft. Unquote. Charles Sizemore, Sizemore Capital, 29th November, 2012. Charles, you mean that more flexible Microsoft that now is copying Apple on the hardware and software being designed in-house part? Guess uh, Microsoft is not as flexible as you thought. Just saying. So Rob has been an Apple fan for many years, and he is pretty much an expert and really knows the iOS system inside and out. But let's look about this, right? He, he gets his audience involved because he asked them, a lot and make sure that they know his information. He's got over 2,000 people in a private um, Google community. How hilarious is that, that he's using a Google community to have a, a, a community about iOS? Um, he's saving them time. He's basically leading them the charge. He's leading the charge of Apple rocks, right? Apple is cool. He's objective and trustworthy. He's giving them free stuff. And the other thing that I didn't play here, his ads are awesome. He has ads for different people. And the one thing he does that, again, I've always mentioned in my book, More Podcast Money, try to have advertisers that you would use. So, for instance, when you listen to Rob talk about Harry's shaving products, it's because... 
he uses them and he really, really likes them. He talks about his kids and how one of his kids wanted to learn coding. So they went to lynda.com. Um, his one son outgrew his bed. So he got him a, a bed from Casper. So he's using all of his sponsors so he can talk about them firsthand. And so when he's doing the ad, it's kind of a story. And the other thing that's interesting is because his audience trusts him. Why? Because he's objective. They're supporting his sponsor and they're telling him, hey, Rob, I got this new bed. Hey, Rob, I got some razors. And you know what? You're right. This stuff really is good. So what does he do then? He gets his audience involved and basically reads their email or plays their voicemail about his sponsor. Thus, they're doing the ad. It's uh, to me. I was like, "Wow, that is brilliant!" It's very Glenn the Geekish. Uh, Glenn the Geek, by the way, from uh, HorseRadio.com, uh, will be coming back on the program. You will hear his voice on this program uh, before the end of the year. But speaking of hearing people's voices, let me play you this uh, brief clip of uh, a discussion I had with Rob. Now, at the time, I believe Rob was going back home uh, for something. I think there was something going on with his mom at the moment. So this kind of ends abruptly. Uh, Oddly enough, this was recorded via Ringer. This was when Ringer first came out. And so this was done with two people using their iPhones and Ringer, R-I-N-G-R.com. And uh, here is my conversation where I asked him about how he produces this show. How long is a typical episode, would you say? (laughs) Because it goes all over the place. It's all over the place. Actually, last year I had episodes. uh, The shortest episode was like 42 minutes and the longest episode was uh, almost two hours. So how many like voicemails, emails? Because you're like, okay, back to the email, back to the voicemail, Mm -hmm. back to this, back to that. And I I just think Ah. it's got to be a ginormous just the organization Ah. and, and what goes on behind the scenes to produce that. It's a lot of time, but what I actually have done is gotten into a method where I have two or three news. Basically, I have the show segmented. So the beginning of each show, I have um, music that plays in the background that somebody sent in that they recorded on an iOS device. Mm -hmm. And and I mentioned who that was that sent it in and what apps they use to create the music. And then I also have artwork. Every episode has unique artwork created by one of my listeners. And I talk about what that artwork, um, what apps they use to create that. So right off the bat, you find out apps to create music and apps to create artwork. And then I get into how wrong were they? And I make fun of somebody who said something dumb about Apple. And, and then I have promo codes where I have app developers give away promo codes, uh, give them to me to give away on a show. And then I go over that. And then I get into news and then at the end of the news, uh, the first piece of news, I usually get into an advertiser if I have an advertiser. And then I get into my first real grouping of listener feedback. And it usually has a, a voicemail message, two or three or four emails I'll read, and then another voicemail message. Um, then I do some more news, um, some rumors. I make fun of Android stuff. Then I get into my next group of uh, listener feedback again. I start out with a voicemail, some emails, another voicemail. Then I get into Kickstarter campaign, um, some neat gadgets or other things, uh, and maybe some other apps. Then I get into another round of voicemail and email and voicemail. Then I'll talk about anything to do with uh, jailbreaking, anything to do with carriers, because I try to keep that carrier-specific stuff to the end. And then one more round of voicemail, listener feedback, uh, again, voicemail, email, voicemail, 
and then I go out to the end of the show. So that's my that's my segment. I have it segmented that way, and that that could go anywhere from forty two minute episode to a two hour episode, depending on how much feedback I get in a given week. And in some weeks, I get so much I, I can't use it. I mean, I literally have over a thousand voicemail messages sitting in a folder that I still have not used. Holy cow! Wow. That's that not used. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel bad. I mean, and some of them go back a long way. So, I mean, if I, I look in that folder, it, it, it I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel bad because because I do a last in first out method to try to keep them as relevant as as possible. You have one from two years ago going, I want to talk a, about the iPhone four. <laughs> Eleven hundred and eighty six voicemail messages are in that folder. Holy cow. Now, what are you? I, I know you're a big fan of Boss Jock Studio. What are you using to actually, you know, produce the show? Podcast four one one is done on GarageBand, so I do it all in GarageBand, and it's a, so it's not a lie. You know, I don't do anything live. I do a lot of editing. I use multi tracks. So I bring in the voicemail messages into folders ahead of time. I use Evernote to organize everything. So Evernote's my organization of it. Uh, whenever I find any articles or anything, I put it in there and I type up everything ahead of time. And I actually script the show. I script for the most part, the whole show. And then I read it back. Um, early on, I just used to do like a couple of bullet points and I would try to talk to it. And then I started making mistakes. Um, I would say something wrong, even though I knew I was the right thing, I would say the wrong thing. And, and I learned early on, I needed to script. Actually, I contacted Ken Ray from uh, Mac OS Ken. Mm -hmm. who I love his show. And I said, Ken, how do you do your show, dude? <laughs> and, and he told me, he goes, I script it. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, you, you, you know, you'll be real accurate. You got to kind of have to script it. And so I, I started scripting it. Well, um, and, and your show is in many ways a new show. And I think you can get by, because number one, you don't really sound like you're reading it. Mm -hmm. uh, but even if you did, I think you can pull that off on a new show because mm -hmm. when I'm watching whoever, Brian Williams or whatever, mm -hmm. I know that guy's reading from a teleprompter. So right. I, I think you can get by with that. And, and the trick I found was don't write correct grammar, write how you would speak. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and I actually write, um, in there where <laughs> I want an, um, I'm like, um, no, <laughs> Well, that's a great tip because we do. We definitely talk different than we write. I always think it's hilarious when I take something where I've just talked off the top of my head and then you get it transcribed and you you look at it and you're like, wow, that is. <laughs> yeah. The, the hardest thing I have on the show is reading the emails where if I'm running short on time and I don't rewrite somebody's email and I try to read their emails, people will write me emails in proper English and reading proper English is difficult sometimes. Yeah. And so I will take people's emails sometimes and I will rewrite their emails, even though I say, quote unquote, uh, when I'm reading it, but I will rewrite it to um, English I can read um, just to make it easier. But sometimes you'll hear me stumble and, and it'll sound awkward when I'm reading the email just because it's not written for the spoken word. Right now, you obviously, as we hear them in the background, you have children. How do you? <laughs> Sorry about that. That's no, all right. I, to me, I love that man. That keeps it real. How do you find time? How do you? You know, do you have a thing where you know from this time to this time, Daddy just disappears, and 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 people know not to come bug you, or? I record after they go to sleep. So I do all my recording um, anytime after 9 p.m. at night, and so that's why usually I finish up my episode somewhere between one and four in the morning. Um, just depends on how long. Did you just say four in the morning? 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not not unusual for the episode to be done at four in the morning. And, and, and this is an edit point because I got to go tell them to be quiet. Okay. One second, right. guys. I'm recording. And I loved that. To me, the fact that he had uh, his kids there makes people human, right? In the same way that when you start a podcast, if you are a blogger, having a podcast takes you from being words on a page to being a human. An actual human behind the scenes. You can find Rob's show over at todayinios.com, and that'll actually redirect you to his Libsyn page. He's actually using Libsyn as not only his media host, but as his website. And the other thing we should point out, Rob started his show in March of 2007. So Rob did not do this in six weeks. He did not do this Overnight, he started because he was passionate, and he's been building an audience all that time. Like I say, over uh, I think it's two thousand five hundred people in his Google community, which is now feeding a lot of his material, almost too much at this point. But it is an interesting show, and I was listening to it. And I'm like, we should probably dissect this and figure out why this is good, and see what we can learn from that, and. Again, not not to go out and hey, I'm going to do a you know, I'm going to do an iPhone show. That's not what I mean. But are there ways that I can incorporate my audience? If I'm trying to get feedback, am I asking for it on a super regular basis, like every four to five minutes? And you notice when he did that, he didn't make it a minute speech. He's like, hey, if you have a question, call it in eight 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 five six three three two two eight. Now I'm giving you my phone number, not Rob's, but get in say it and and get out and then it's in his show notes it's in his show notes and he's also got the free app the cool thing about a Libsyn app is you can click a button and send uh the voicemail is right there now if you want voicemail if you don't have voicemail i use a company called call eight it's k-a-l-8 the number eight now if you'd like to use my affiliate link Go over to podcastvoicemail.com. It's two bucks a month. And I need to double check because uh, Ken Blanchard from Black Man with a Gun, he had sent in his My Favorite Podcast uh, segment, which will be coming out later on this year. Thanks to everyone who, uh, everybody just was waiting to the last minute. I got a ton of those things. So thanks to everybody who did that. And Ken sent his in via the voicemail. It sounded phenomenal. So I don't know if they've tweaked how they're uh, doing their voicemail over there, but it sounds awesome. So if you want voicemail for your show, because everybody's got a phone, check it out over at podcastvoicemail.com. But thanks to uh, Rob for taking the time for uh, the chat, even though it was way back in January. And if you want to hear the original discussion that Rob and I were talking about on uh, Twitter bombing, you can go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 446. So to kind of final summarize Rob's show, the thing I like about it is I know exactly what I'm going to get. You heard Rob talk about the segments and the plan of his show. The other thing I like about Rob's show, I have no idea what I'm going to get because the news changes, the callers change, the emails change, and it's it's great to feel like part of a community that Rob is channeling so we can all learn together, getting information you can't get in other places, an objective point of view delivered in an entertaining fashion. So take what you can from this and see how you can apply this to your show. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. As it is 
the holiday season. I realize I'm dating myself as I do this. You could be listening to this in July. But uh, I just watched a special about a Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, I didn't realize that Charlie Brown is in like 38 different languages, so I was worried about this being a U.S. thing, but many people are well aware of Charlie Brown, and this particular Christmas special is now 50 years old. It debuted in 1965. That's right, me and Charlie Brown. And what's interesting about this is Charlie Brown originally made a documentary, a a filmmaker, made a show about Charles Schultz, and it was called A Boy Named Charlie Brown, and it included a few minutes of animated peanuts. And um, to make a long story short, uh, no television network wanted to hear it. They wanted to air it. They're like, this is awful. But uh, peanuts ended up being on the cover of Time Magazine, and Coca-Cola called up the guy that made the documentary and said, hey, have you guys ever thought of doing a Christmas special? And the producer said, actually, we have. And uh, he was completely lying through his teeth, called up uh, Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, and said, hey, we need to make a Christmas special. And in the next, I think it was day or two, they came up with the story. And the thing that's interesting about this is that uh, Charles Schultz wanted it to be kind of like his Christmas. Well, he grew up, and he grew up in the Midwest, so there was snow. So even though Charles Schultz was in California, there was snow in it. Um, Charles Schultz is a Christian. Charles Schultz likes jazz, hence all the cool jazzy music. And the interesting thing about this is the television executives hated it from the start. They're like, oh, this is awful. This is not going to do anything. It was criticized for being too religious because there's that famous scene where Linus, you know, lights, please. And then he reads Luke 2, 8 through 14. It was criticized for featuring contemporary jazz, which was kind of an offbeat choice for a cartoon, especially. It was criticized for not having a laugh track. It was criticized for using the voices of real children, uh, which, you know, back then that was like, groundbreaking is like and but why did charles schultz want children he wanted to stand out he wanted to do something that was going to make it unique and on thursday december 9th 1965 charlie brown christmas was seen in more than 15 million homes capturing nearly half of the possible audience that week it was number two in the ratings after bonanza oh man bonanza <laughs> it won critical acclaim as well as an Emmy. An Emmy, the thing that all the TV people hated, won an Emmy for an outstanding children's program and a Peabody Award for excellence in programming. And and unless you've watched a Charlie Brown Christmas from the get-go, you haven't seen the whole show. Coca-Cola, who which was the first sponsor that got the whole ball rolling, had left its mark, uh, or rather its logo, which appeared several times, for instance, in the skating scene uh, where they're on the, the lake and all Snoopy throws Linus from the rink into a Coca-Cola sign. Uh, didn't you ever wonder where you know Linus lands? Now later, sponsors objected, and the frames were edited out. There you go, a little Charlie Brown history for you. Uh, several minutes worth of the footage was also clipped to allow more time for, of course, commercials, now that it was a hit. And though there have been some that have been restored, until 1997, the scene in which uh, 
the peanuts throw snowballs and a can on a fence was missing from both the broadcast and video versions. So this is from uh, factmonster.com. But this is what I wanted. Like, Dave, what does that have to do with podcasting? Well, number one, they took two days to put it together. They didn't sit back and they were like, hey, we get, we're going to do this. They said they're going to do it, then they put it together, and I'm sure there was tweaking along the way. It doesn't have to be perfect to launch. Now, that doesn't mean just wing it, but they came up with a story and they followed it. But And then they did things because it was their show. They wanted to make it their thing. So they had the jazz, they had the kids, and they had his story. That's what he wanted to. And they didn't care that people hated it. You never know. You never know. And they thought, you know what? We think this is going to be a good show. And this is my new analogy. I've been saying this one a lot. You can look at a recipe book. You can look at the pictures and go, mm, boy, that looks makes your mouth water just looking at it. And you can look at the ingredients, but you're not going to know if it's a good show until you put it together and put it out there. And 50 years later, it is, at least for in my family, we all, when we hear Charlie Brown is on, and I know I can record it and watch it later, there's something about watching Charlie Brown live, which I do every year. It's a classic. It is a classic. And they didn't follow the rules. They just did it. They did it their way. And you never know. So you might have an idea for a podcast. Don't spend three years working on it. Get your idea. Come up with an outline. Join the school of podcasting. Use the coupon code listener. I can save you time in this. I have worksheets that will walk you through the whole thing. I have tutorials that will walk you through building your website. I have tutorials that will help you buy the right equipment without spending thousands of dollars. That's insane. It's all there. And uh, you might end up making a classic podcast that 50 years from now, people are like, man, remember when it first came out? So I just found that interesting, and I thought, you know what, this is this does tie into podcasting. Of course, I can tie anything back into podcasting. So I want to thank, again, everybody who has sent in there. My favorite podcast is the submissions are closed at this point. So I'm going to take what we have, turn it into a book, and you will be uh, hearing that. That'll be the last episode, which uh, let me take two seconds here. That will be coming out... That will be December, that'll be the day, I'm sorry, December 28th will be the last episode of the year for the School of Podcasting. And if you are thinking of joining, if you are thinking of starting a podcast, I would love to help you. Uh, Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, L-A-S-T-E-N-E-R. And if you don't have a website yet, send me an email with the phrase quick start. And what happens is I will send you a link to for you to order your website hosting, and I earn a commission from that. Now, my way of saying thank you for helping me earn a commission is I give you a free month at the School of Podcasting, and I'll also install WordPress for you. So you'll have a website host. You'll have all the tutorials at the School of Podcasting to get you going, all the resources I have to get artwork and all your music and things like that. So if you, now that's if you don't have a website. If you do have a website, you're like, oh, I, I can't do, well, yeah, just use the coupon code 
listener. Now, in addition to all the tutorials, you also get access to our private Facebook group and my office hours, which is where a couple times a month now I'm trying to have these little sessions. It's basically a private webinar where you can just come and ask me whatever you want. So if you're interested in that, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com, use the coupon code LISTENER, and I will see you on the inside. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Stay warm if you're here on the East Coast. Have a safe and happy holiday season, and I will see you next week. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care, and God bless.